Welcome to the Sunday Service Podcast of First Universalist Church, a Unitarian Universalist congregation located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are a radically welcoming and progressive religious community, deeply committed to love, justice, spiritual growth, and living out our values in the world. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Thank you for being here. It's wonderful to get to be together in person, some of us online. It's so good to be together. My name is Jen Crow. I'm one of the ministers at First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. Welcome to each and every person that's here. Welcome to anybody biking or walking by or with half an ear to us while they're doing something else here. We're glad each and every one of you are here. Our church is a place you can come however you are. Whatever you're feeling, whatever you're carrying, whatever your identity is, all of you is welcome here. And we are glad you're here with us. First Universalist Church was founded over 160 years ago, and we engage in the spiritual practices of giving and receiving and growing together. We listen deeply to where love is calling us next. We act with bravery and humility and compassion in the service of justice. And I'm not looking at my notes. What's the other one, people? We listen deeply to where love is calling us next. We welcome, affirm, and protect the light in each and every human heart. We do all of this as a faith community that is grounded in our commitment to racial justice, in creating a beloved community, a community of liberation and transformation for all of us with an end to oppression. This is the life we invite you into. This is the community and the practices we invite you into when you journey with us. We're so glad you're here. And next week, we are going to be doing something different, which I swear I have said every week of this pandemic. So yet again, we'll be doing something different next week. So our youth, seventh grade and up, your religious education programming will be in person at the church building at 9.30 and 11.30. Youth, seventh grade through 12th grade, 9.30 and 11.30 in the church building. At 10.30, we will live stream a service live from our building, from the sanctuary, newly renovated, so gorgeous, Uh, 10.30 live stream, and then available throughout the week later. Anyone who is bringing their youth to the programming at 9.30 or 11.30, you are welcome to come and be at worship in the sanctuary with your family. So worship will be happening in the sanctuary and also we'll have online options down in the social hall, Cummins room, classrooms, if you wanna be a little more separated. So we know that throughout the pandemic, we have been doing our best as a church community. All of us have been facing our own struggles through this and our families have been facing particular challenges. So in the spirit of community, like we are, we are inviting our youth, our kids and families back into the building first because this is what community looks like when we care for each other in this way. And then on November 7th, our hope and our plan is to welcome everyone back to the building for services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. with a live stream option. So that's the plan, that's what we're moving toward, and we are very excited to get there. But first, we are here. We are here together, and we are here in a very particular place. So I wanna ground us in the right here and now. Here we are with Minnehaha Falls just over there. The rush of the water 
We can sense it, smell it, hear it, even if we cannot see it from here. We know the water is close. And this is a particular place in the world, a particular place in this city, in this land. About two and a half miles from here is Coldwater Spring, a site of fresh water that has been flowing for more than 10,000 years. In fact, the scientists say it's been flowing there under the glaciers, still going. You can make a trip over there. And that water from the Coldwater Spring meets up with Minnehaha Creek, with the Mississippi River. This is a place of a confluence of the waters. This is a place that has been sacred for so many years and generations. It was the traditional gathering place for the indigenous tribes of the Upper Mississippi, of the Anishinaabe and the Dakota peoples. This was a sacred place, a neutral place, a place where the tribes would come to gather. And the spring was a source of the sacred water. Now things shifted dramatically in a short period of time here. If you look at the time period of 1850 to 1862, this area went from being a sacred gathering place instead to being a place of internment, not that far from here, after, during the US-Dakota War, when it became a place of great suffering for many, many of our indigenous siblings. So this place holds it all. It holds joy, gathering, neutrality, sacred nature, it holds the confluence of the waters, it holds joy, and it holds suffering. In 1889, this became one of the first state parks in the United States, a place where folks would come to gather, to have picnics, to see the water, to be together. It became, again, in a different way, a gathering place. And I love knowing that in 2014, this park housed the first universally accessible play area in the city. This place holds it all, and so can we. So let's remember the people of resilience, of resistance, of joy and sorrow that have cared for this land, that have called this land home, and let's breathe deep in this place together. And let's light our chalice. have B lighting our chalice for us this morning. Will you do call and response style chalice lighting words with me, please? Love is the spirit of this church. Love is the spirit of this church. And service is its law. And service is its law. This is our great covenant. This is our great covenant. To dwell together in peace. To dwell together in peace. To seek the truth in love. To seek the truth
authentic. That is what community looks like. Now, what I forgot to say is that we need to add a sound to it for our family who may be visually impaired so that they can also witness and participate in this wave. So whatever the wave sounds like to you, when you're waving your body, also wave your voice, please. Can we do it one more time? Can we start from this end this time? Are you ready? Here we go. Oh, you all make good water, refreshing to my soul. <laughs> so the thing about water, when I was preparing, I found out that um, these waves that we witness, the ones that we can see, are almost always caused by wind. And so there are winds that cause waves in our culture, too. There are winds that cause waves in our community. And we have to decide, are we going to go with the flow? Woo! Or is this a wind of causes and conditions that are not helpful, that may be harmful to people in our community. Because the thing about waves is that they go and they go and they go until either they run out of ocean or river or creek or wherever they are, or until they hit a barrier. And so we have to decide, as a community and as individuals, really, are we going to be in the flow? Is this a wave? that is going to be transformative in a way that is going to cause growth and beauty and love? Or is it a wave of fear? Is it a wave of oppression? Is it a wave of ignorance? And then how, if it is that, are we gonna stop it? And so I want to invite us to, when it is a wave that uh, we don't want, that we have to create a barrier. Arms up to the side. No way can back right here in that way. So let's say on this side we started with a wave of friendship, right? And the friendship is great. But by the time we get over here, the friendship has closed in on itself and it's become very clicky and it has become a bullying force to other people outside of that clique. Are we going to let that wave continue to go through the whole community? What are we going to do? Let's see. Can you demonstrate? Thank you. <laughs> let's see. It's friendly over here. Can we start our wave over here? The friendship wave. Oh no, it turns into a bullying wave. What are you gonna do? Ah, stop. Thank you. So let's start a wave of peace over here. And it's a peaceful wave. It's not gonna turn into non-peaceful wave. <laughs> One more wave. Here we go. Thank you. We are water and we can be in flow and we can discern when flow is not healthy and decide when we are going to redirect the flow. So one more, I said that was the last one, but one more. <laughs> because once we stop the flow, like when you put a barrier in the middle of the wave, the wave doesn't just come to a complete stop, right? What does it do? It just ripples back out in the other direction. <laughs> so let's start a wave of, I don't know, any ideas? <laughs> I'm lost. What did you say? Say it one more time. Despair. A wave of despair is coming through. Uh, somewhere it's going to stop. And since we heard despair from this end, and then we're going to send out a wave of hope from that barrier back in both directions. OK, are you ready? Here we go. Despair. Sorry. <laughs> Who's going to? Oh, it stopped right here. What's going to happen? trained ourselves now how to be in flow, we will move into our prayer.
bodies settle down a little bit so we can move into this time of prayer. Let's start by just noticing where we are, noticing the surroundings. If you're a hearing person, notice if you might be able to hear the river. Notice if you might feel the river. Can you sense the river? This is where we are. Here we are. Some of us in new bodies. Some of us in old bodies. Here we are. Some of us in healthy bodies. Some of us in hurting bodies. Some of us in healing bodies. Some of us in growing bodies. All of us in temporary bodies. All of us in good bodies. Let's let that river that is nearby, that creek that is near us, move our bodies. Let your body make the shape that it wants to make as you imagine Minnehaha Creek as it wiggles by, as it dances past, as it flows into the mighty Mississippi. Let your body make that movement. As it flows so far, down, down, down to the Gulf of Mexico, it spreads out in a delta and joins the Gulf. And then it flows out to the Atlantic, big waves. It evaporates and becomes a cloud. The clouds are blown miles and miles. And rain, rain comes down onto Lake Hiawatha. water flows back into Minnehaha Creek. And over Minnehaha Falls. And here we are. Let's stay in that place of prayer. Breathing in, breathing out. When we come together for worship, we make time for prayer. 
time to open our hearts, open our spirits, to hold together the joys and the concerns, the worries and the gratitudes of this community. Extending the care of this congregation so that it embraces all and ripples out. Let's be here for a moment. Feel the ground. Feel our roots going down deep into the earth. Nourished by that deep, cold water. Feel the air on our skin. Feel that which is greater than us, all around us. You might call it God. You might call it love. You might call it the values that are most important to you. To that, that which is greater than us, to that which holds all, will you pray with me? Spirit of life and love, breath of our ancestors, voice in the wind, in the water, in the sun and the rain. Be with us. Help us to hold and make more space in our hearts for all of the joys, the sorrows, the worries, and the gratitudes in our hearts, in the hearts of those around us, and in this beautiful, beloved world. And now, as we share joys and sorrows, worries and gratitudes in the community, if you feel moved to add to what we are sharing, I invite you to speak that aloud or hold it in the silent sanctuary of your heart. Today we share in each other's joys, sorrows, gratitudes, concerns. We share in gratitude with one in our community that is able to lift people up when they need it, knowing we have all needed that at times. Concern for my favorite stuffed animal that might lose her tail. Joy for new friendships at a new school. Concerns about illness, trouble diagnosing and treating. Gratitude for my family's health. Concern for our vaccinated niece, Amy, who is hospitalized with COVID. For a beautiful day in the neighborhood. For liberty and justice for all. For hummingbirds at 
journey ahead. For being together at the park. For being together outside with our youth. Thank you, Lauren. Joy celebrating 12 years of marriage with my wonderful partner, Jason, today. Grateful for the most beautiful fall I can remember. Joy for this spectacular fall day. Prayers for our dear mentors and friends of 47 years. Harriet passed away peacefully in Bob's arms on Tuesday. Joy in seeing the morning mist on the Black River in Wisconsin joy of being together and a prayer for family health. Grateful for warm Septembers, for beautiful fall days in the park. Grateful for sunny, warm September days, for being reunited with loved ones and concern, how will I finish my homework? <laughs> For my new fiance, excitement to be back in religious education, concerned to join the senior youth group, happy about beautiful weather. For all that we have named, and for all that is still held in the silent sanctuary of our hearts, Let us pray together that the grip of addiction be loosened, that the weight of oppression be lightened, that truth be told, that joy break through, and that love make every suffering bearable for us all. May it be so. Amen. talking about holding back the waters and the waters. Glenn Thomas introduced me to a song by Melanie Damore, and this is a song that they wrote when a good friend was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, stage four, and they wanted through song to be able to communicate that they were with them, no matter what was happening. So it is one of my fears in life to sing alone in public, and yet, here we go, so please help me out as soon as you understand how this goes, okay? So the song is simple. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. 
sing this with me a couple of times as I tell you some stories. So be ready to help me out, please. I appreciate it. So I love the way that you all get me to take risks. I love being in community with all of you, and I love being here. Every time we gather for worship, whether it's Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever we are gathering through the week, we are engaging in a communal spiritual practice, an opportunity for us to connect to our deepest selves, to each other, to something larger than ourselves. We do this together when we gather in worship every week. Each of you is a standing stone in this community. Whether we're in person or apart, each and every person, past, present, future, is a standing stone in this community. So we do this every week in worship, but I like to talk about the maintenance of our spiritual life being bigger than a weekly practice. The maintenance of a spiritual life, when we are ever trying to align how we are in the world with our deepest beliefs, our beliefs in love and hope and a circle wide enough to hold us all, it requires more than just a once a week touchstone. I believe it requires a daily spiritual practice, weekly communal practice, at least monthly service to the community, an annual retreat time when you can go deep, and perhaps a once-in-a-life pilgrimage. Daily spiritual practice, weekly communal spiritual practice, monthly acts of service, annual retreat, once-in-a-lifetime pilgrimage. This is one framework for how to think about maintenance and care for your spiritual life and for ongoing spiritual growth. Now, I am a huge believer in daily spiritual practice because it is something I have been up to myself for more than 20 years now, and it grounds me like nothing else. I wake up each morning, I begin with prayer, I go to some writing. Those are my anchor touchstones. But I will tell you that this past 18 months, ah, I've kind of needed to up my game. What I have been doing for a long time hasn't been enough and I needed to shift gears. Maybe it's because I, like so many of you, was home throughout the pandemic times with kids who were home as well, trying their best to do online learning in a house that was never quiet. But there was something else to it too for me that let me know I needed to up my game, my spiritual practice game. It was spring of 2020, just after the pandemic had really reached us in earnest, when I got a call from my dad with pretty bad news. Now, I'll tell you at the front end, he is still here and doing better than anybody expected, but that call came and I learned that he had stage four cancer, terminal, with a really tight timeline. And I had been with some of you who had been experiencing illness, folks who had had to go into the hospital, and I knew that at that point in the pandemic, once someone went into the hospital, it was often hard to get to them. So I heard this news from my dad and I knew immediately what I needed to do. I had to get there. Now he lives in Baltimore, it's a bit of a drive, uh, but I did what my heart told me to do. I packed up the kids along with a lot of antimicrobial spray and gloves and snacks so we didn't have to stop anywhere and we talked about how we were gonna deal with the bathroom issue on the drive and we set out 
And I'll tell you, we got to Chicago and I started to have a very surreal experience. This was still in the early days of the pandemic and no one was out. And I have driven through Chicago hundreds of times in my life and no matter what time of day it is, middle of the day, middle of the night, wee hours of the morning, the place is always packed. You can never drive straight through Chicago. But I got there and I was driving straight through Chicago. The only one on the expressway in huge stretches and it felt like I was living in the apocalypse. It was a bizarre and really disconcerting experience. And we were partway through the city and I passed this billboard that said, alone together we'll get through this and i thought this is bizarre and i took a deep breath and i started to imagine and know all the people that were in the buildings around me the banks of the riverbed if you will that i was driving through each one of them a standing stone each one of them doing what they could to hold back the tide of this horrible illness each one of them using their intensive care, being alone all together in that city. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. So the kids and I landed in Maryland eventually with my dad, and it was so very good to see him. He was uncomfortable and in pain, and it was hard, but it was good to be together. And we were grateful for the time, and we didn't know how much time we would have. Now, heading to my dad's house for my kids is something we look forward to, but it is also a place where if you're going to stay there, my dad has a love of modern art and art deco, and almost all of his furniture is made of glass. <laughs> I have children. <laughs> the glass tables have sharp corners. They get dirty. It's not an ideal place for kiddos. There's no TV, my dad just reads history, and there are no toys, and all of our usual things were not available to us there. We couldn't go to the trampoline park or the children's museum or take a break and go to the movies. But I was very, very grateful. A friend of mine from New York heard that I was traveling to my dad's and she drove down to meet me. We had another friend with an empty house, so my friend brought her kid and she came down and we met up together. And when there were slow times, she would take my kiddos or we would go together. And one day she said, why don't we go to the river? There's a river here that you have told me so much about, the river that you grew up across the street from, the one you used to go wading in and fishing and all kinds of stuff, the place where you've told me about this. There's a big rock there that you used to go lay on and look up at the sky or lay down and look down at the minnows moving through the water. Your God rock, you called it. Let's go find it, she said. <sighs> okay. We didn't have anything else to do, so we headed out, all of the kids and us in our dingiest clothes, finding a way through my old neighborhood where I grew up, walking between the houses, hoping that nobody would, you know, worry that we were doing something we shouldn't be doing. We found the river, and the kids and, and my friend and I 
We waded through. We found the old swimming hole where I used to swim all the time. We saw a pileated woodpecker. We saw deer. We saw so many amazing things, and we had the best day. It's probably one of my top 10 best days of my life, being in that river with my kiddos and all those connections. We met the people who bought my piano teacher's house. We <laughs> gathered up other kids along the way. We had a blast. We got to the end of our adventures in the river, and the kids were concerned because we'd never found the rock. And in my mind, of course, that rock was enormous, and it would be impossible that it wouldn't be there 30 years later or whatever, but it wasn't. And the kids asked me how I was doing that we didn't find the rock. And I said, well, I'm a little surprised because the rock was enormous. I don't know where it could have gone, but I'm not sad. The day reminded me of the things that are most true, that my standing stones are you guys. They're my memories. They're the river. Everything I need is in here, is here, is here. It's all here. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. So I wonder, what are our standing stones? What are the spiritual practices that hold back the water or make space for it to flow to our spirits and our lives? What are your spiritual practices, daily, weekly, intermittent, whatever, that ground you, that help you know you are connected deeply? What helps you listen to where love is calling you next? Who are your standing stones? Who are the people past present, future, who are with you, who make a way for you? And who are you the standing stones for? For this community, for sure. For the folks that you care for and love. For others we haven't even met. How might we be standing stones, blocking the water when needed, letting it flow and building when it is good? What are your standing stones? How might you be a standing stone for each other? I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. I will be your standing stone. I will stand by you. Amen. I could use help with percussion, you know? Thanks for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis.
We're a faith community committed to racial justice, and together we give, receive, and grow in the universalist spirit of love and hope. To learn more about who we are and our ministry, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.